Thank you for listening to the Crossridge Podcast. For more information about Crossridge Church, visit our social medias or go to our website at crclife.org. We hope you enjoy the message. As I was sitting there and and the praise and worship team was singing, what came to my mind was how much love y'all have for me. And I just want y'all to know that I love y'all. I love you dearly. And I'm happy and proud to, uh, uh, to be in battle right alongside you. First of all, I'd like to say thank God for giving me this opportunity and to, to preach and teach his word. And also, I would like to thank my leader and Pastor Mark and some of the, and the other pastors, Pastor John, Pastor Daniel, and uh, Pastor Joy, and all the church staff. If I forgot anybody, you know, just, you know, forgive me. Charge to my head, not my heart. Uh, today, I'd like to share with y'all a word that has been made clear through me to me throughout my life. And that's the word, go therefore. And if you don't mind, I'd love to share with y'all just a couple of testimonies. Is that, is that all right? Yeah. All right, y'all with me? That's all right. But one of the testimonies... Uh, some of y'all know that me and Pastor Mark, we do, we help the uh, football team out. We're able to be, at, uh, be with the football team on the sidelines. Sometimes we go to practice with them. Well, one, one, one of the practices, Pastor Mark said, look, we normally, I normally want to take popsicles. If y'all know what popsicles are? Push-ups. He said, I want to take pops, popsicles to the football team. So if you know Pastor Mark, you know that he's, by the book. He likes stuff to be decent and in order, right? So this particular time, we didn't think that we were going to have enough popsicles. And what we do, Pastor Moore began to pray, just like you did the five loaves and the two fish, Lord, multiply these popsicles. <laughs> now let me tell you what happened. As the team got off the field, they was able to go through line, go through the line and get popsicles, not one time, not two times, but even three times. And you know, boys, they ain't just grabbing one popsicle, right? The trainers was able to have some of them popsicles also, as well as the coaches. But they ain't it. We was able to take up popsicles and store them in the coaches' cooler, in the coaches' refrigerator, so they can have some throughout the rest of the year. So that was, for me, that was one of the times that God told us to go there for. Another time, the word go there for came to, was made clear to me. It was when me and a friend of mine by the name of Elvis, we would have a Bible study in what we call a trap house. Y'all, anybody here know what a trap house is? Well, I explained it to you. Hold on. <laughs> a trap house is a drug house. And in that drug house, as they will come and buy their marijuana, we'll have those Bibles stretched open, feasting on the word of God. We did this for about a year, year and a half or so. There came a time where one of the young men, life was taken in a drug deal gone bad. My friend Elvis called me up and he said, Al, we got to go to this funeral. We got to go to this funeral. 
If anybody knows me, they know I don't like going to funerals. But God said, go therefore. So we ended up going to that funeral, and of course, it was in South Dallas. I was afraid that there had been some type of retaliation as well as my friend. So we sat in the back of the church. That mother of that young man made it her way to the back of the church to where we was at. And she looked at us and she said, you two men, I'd like to say thank you because I know my son heard the word of God. That for me was a don't go there for a moment. See, when God tell you to go, it's serious. When God tell you to do something, you got to be about it. Even in all your fear, you still got to go. Amen? Today, we're going to learn to tell down. Those was a couple of my testimonies, and I could go on and on. But we want to learn the testimonies of a couple of the other people in the Word of God. Today, we're going to learn the testimony of the disciples. We're going to learn the testimony of Ananias and Paul. And we're going to learn the testimony of the Samaritan woman. If y'all would, please stand. We'll pray. Lord, I just thank you for today. Father God, I ask that I I decrease, that you may increase. Lord, move Alfred out of the way. For you call call me for such of a time like this. Lord, I ask that, my, that you open my brothers and sisters' eyes that they may see what the Spirit of God is saying to them. Lord, open their ears that they may hear what the Spirit of God is saying to them. And to my family that is watching online, dear Lord, I ask that you be with them and meet them right where they're at. Lord, allow your word to come through with clarity. Allow your word to go through just as you set forth for it to do. Let it not return to your void, but it may go out and change lives. And all these things we say in Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and take your seat. Woo, I think I did good right there. <laughs> My wife said, what she said, what none of said is, don't you get up there and get emotional. You do all your crying before church starts. So don't get up there being emotional. So I think I did pretty good. What do you say about that, Big Red? All right. So today, y'all, we're going to start in Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. I'll give you a brief summary of what has already taken place. What has already taken place is Jesus Christ has been crucified. His disciples has watched him be beaten and hung up on the cross. All right? Now, they also, since they don't watch that, they are in hiding. They hiding right now. Now, Jesus also has been resurrected. And then what we'll find is Mary Magdalene and Mary going to the tomb to see Jesus. And as they made their way to that tomb, the tomb was made open. And the angel sitting on top of the stone. And the angel sitting on top of that stone, he told Mary Magdalene and Mary, he said, don't be afraid because you are 
looking, I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He told him that he's not here. For he has risen, just as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Then he said, quickly, go tell the disciples he has risen, risen from the dead, and to meet him in Galilee. So they left, right? Mary, Magdalene, and Mary left. And then they saw the Savior. He appeared to them. And it said, the word, if you read it, it said that they fell at his feet and began to worship. But the first thing Jesus said to him, he said, he said greetings to him. And he also let them know, look here, go tell my brothers. Now, he didn't just say, go tell my disciples. He said, go tell my brothers to meet me in Galilee. Now, we're going to pick up at chapter, verse 16, chapter 28, verse 16. Y'all ready? I'm going to read this now. It says here, the 11 disciples traveled to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted. Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I'm with you always to the ends of the earth. What? Did y'all see that? Picture this. Picture this if you would. The disciples are running and hiding. They're scared. So when Jesus told them all authority, he knew that they were scared. He knew that they had been hiding. Are you understanding what's happening here? So when he told them all of this, let me read this to you again. Maybe I can read this to you one more time. The disciples standing there, right? They had been running and hiding. They had just seen Jesus Christ crucified. They had seen him beaten. They had seen him pierced. Now, this is what he tells them. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them everything I had, teaching them to observe everything I have taught you. And behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of age. There's no more time to fear. Go, therefore. Now the disciples took that charge and began to go and spread the word. And you find them in Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost. If you will, we'll turn now. See, I told y'all we were going to go on a journey. Y'all with me so far? Now, if I scared any kids in here. <laughs> and now you'll find, hold on, let me get down. In Acts chapter 2, what we'll find, day of Pentecost, it said that several of them were standing up there and they was all on one accord praying, and the Holy Spirit came and dwelt on them like tongues, and dwelt on them, and the Holy Spirit spread it out, and people thought they were drunk, and then Peter stand up. That's what I'm trying to get to. And he spoke with what? He spoke with authority. Because the Pharisees and, 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 Pharisees and Sadducees said, hold on, these men may be drunk. And Peter started telling them, look, they ain't as drunk as you think they are. And we're going to pick up here. In verse 36, 
when, G when Peter is giving this sermon to everybody. And that's, we're in Acts chapter 2, verse 36. It says here, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know, that, know, know with certainty God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. Verse 37, he said, When they heard this now, they was pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, each one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will be received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Right? And I'm going to go on down to... I'll keep going. He said, for the, promise, for, for the promise is for you and for your children and for all who was far off and for many as the Lord God will call. With many other words and testimonies, uh, with many other words, that and he testified and strongly urged them, saying, be saved for the corruption from, from this corrupt gener generation. So those who accepted his message was baptized. And that day, about 3,000 people had been added to them. Now, we remember Jesus told them to go, therefore, to make disciples of all nations. And we see here in Acts 2 that the results of that go, therefore, thousands were saved. Peter was no longer hiding. He was no longer scared, right? He spoke with authority because God let him know all authority has been given unto him. And he also know, let, him know, let, let Peter know that I'm going to be with you to the end of age. Now, that don't mean that the Pharisees and the Sadducees have stopped killing and pursuing the men and women of God, right? That don't mean that the devil is, stop, is not busy continuing to doing what he's doing, right? Y'all understand that? Even though now they're walking in boldness, that means that someone else is out there still trying to uh, crucify and kill the saints, right? And we're going to find that in Acts. Acts chapter 9. If y'all would, let's flip out. We're taking a journey, man. It's all right. Y'all still with me? Y'all still with me? Is it some good stuff? All right, let's go. Acts chapter 9. Now, it says, we're going to go to Acts chapter 9, verse 10, but I want to paint this picture for you. Now, remember I told you that people were still being uh, crucified, and one of those Pharisees that was doing this killing and and after the saints were, was a man by the name of who? Well, I can't, well, y'all act like y'all know the word. Come on. By a man by the name of who? All right, then. So Saul, read here in verse 1, it said, Now Saul was breathing threats and murders against the disciples of the Lord. He went to the high priest and requested letters from them to go to synagogue, to the synagogues in Damascus. I had to read that right there because I thought that was kind of comical. He said that Paul requested letters. Now, what that remind you of? Paul went to the high priest and requested warrants. Anybody know anything about warrants? Right? Anybody know anything about warrants? Have anybody been involved in a warrant roundup? That's when you're going to have tickets, you know, a warrant roundup. What is about to happen right here, Paul finna go have a warrant roundup. 
He finna go round up our brothers and sisters in Christ in Damascus and put them on a chain gang and bring them back. That's what's finna happen, all right? Now, even though that was about to happen, he was on his way to do that. What did, uh, what happened? On Saul's way there, he had what we call a come to Jesus meeting. I call it a come to Jesus meeting. And in that meeting, he was blinded. And when he was blinded, the Lord told him to get up and go into Damascus, into the town. There he'll be told everything he must need to do. And we're going to pick up there in verse 10. It says here, there was a, there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, here I am, Lord, he replied. He said, get up and go to a street called Straight. The Lord said to him, to the house of Judas, and as for a man in Tarsus named Saul, since he is praying there, in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and placing his hands on him so that he may regain his sight. All right? Lord did what? Lord just gave Ananias his what? Go there for marching orders, right? Now let's see how Ananias replied to him. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard from many people about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has authority from, from the chief priests to arrest all who call upon your name. Whoa. What did y'all see? I want to see if y'all see the same thing I saw. And Lord done told him to get up and go. I saw a little fear in him. I saw Ananias. Could it be Ananias is a little scared. He don't want to go see Paul. And, and, he, and, and he got every right to not want to go. Because it wasn't too long ago. It wasn't too long ago that Deacon Stephen was killed. And I know Ananias heard about that. When y'all say so? It wasn't too long that he was killed. So I, I know that Ananias have heard about Saul. Saul was a bad man. He was what we call body-body. But let's see how, how the Lord responds to Ananias. Verse 15. But the Lord said to him, Go. This man is my chosen instrument to take my name to the Gentiles, to the kings, to the Israelites. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. The Lord didn't even respond to his fear. He told him to do what? All right, y'all with me now. Now, I love this version, but I got to show you another version. Picture this. Paul just got beaten inches away from his life. Inches away from his life. I picture him sitting there bloody. Eyes swollen, head busted to the white meat. Y'all know what that is, busted to the white meat. Just blood going everywhere. But he had a chance to, he pleaded for a chance to tell his testimony, to plead his case. How many of y'all know when your life is on the line, the truth will come out? When your life is on the line, you're going to be, when, when death is creeping at the door and someone telling you, 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 you the truth is going to come out. Would y'all agree to that? All right, let's go to Acts chapter 22. 
Acts chapter 22, and I'm going to start at verse, verse 10. Acts 22, verse 10. We're going to start a little bit why Paul was on that road of Damascus uh, when he just had that come to Jesus' meeting. Verse 10, he said, I said, what should I do, Lord? The Lord said to me, get up and go to Damascus, and there you will be told everything that you have been assigned to do. Since I could not, since I could not see because of the brightness of the light, I was led by the hand by those who were with me, and I went into Damascus. Someone by the name of Ananias, a devout man according to the law, who had good reputation with all the Jews living there. Hold on, let's put your finger right there. How did Paul view Ananias? It says here that he, he saw him as a what? A devout man according to the law. And he had good reputation among all the Jews living there. In other words, everybody knew who he was. So y'all remember in chapter 9, when Ananias was afraid, huh? when Paul had his warrants, Ananias had good reason to be afraid. Couldn't his name been on them letters to be brought back to Jerusalem? Just a side note. Now, verse 13. Man by Jews living there. Came and stood by me and said, Brother Saul, regain your sight. And in that very hour, I looked up and saw him. And he said to me, The God of our ancestors have appointed you to know his will to see the righteous one, and to hear the words of his mouth. Since he will, hold on, since he will be, since he, you will be a witness for him to all people that has given, that, to all people of what you have seen and heard. And now, why are you delaying? Get up and be baptized and wash away your sin and call upon his name. Y'all see how Saul, Paul, Saul Ananias Ananias was fearful and ashamed. Ananias wasn't, wasn't bold, right? But Paul saw the Christ in him. He saw the authority that Ananias walked in, right? Now, can we read that again? Listen what, what, how Ananias said, verse 14. Now, remember in chapter 9, he was scared, didn't want to go. Watch how he talked to Paul. And he said, verse 14, and he said, the God of our ancestors has appointed, has appointed you to know his will, to see the righteous one, and to hear the words of his mouth, since you will be his witness for him to all the people of what you have seen and heard. And now, why are you delaying? Get up and be baptized. And call upon his name that your sins will be washed away. That don't sound like a man that's walking in fear. Because Jesus Christ is with him. Remember what he told his disciples? All authority has been given unto me in heaven and earth. Therefore, therefore. Remember, I'm with you to the end of age. Go, therefore. That's Ananias. Let's look at Paul. Let's keep reading. Verse 17. <laughs> now, after I returned to Jerusalem, this is Paul talking now. After I returned to Jerusalem and was praying in the temple, 
I fell into a trance and saw him telling me, hurry up and get out of Jerusalem quickly because they would not accept your testimony about me. Let's start right there. Let's park it up for a second. Now, y'all remember in Jerusalem, Paul was a bad man. So he went back home to where he done did all his dirt at. If y'all don't know what dirt at, that means where he did all his beating and killing and whatever he was doing. His dirt, right? And so he had that kind of reputation of doing that type of stuff. But let's see what God told him. But I said, Lord, this is what he said. But I said, Lord, they know that in synagogue after synagogue, I have, I have had those who believe in you in prison and beaten. And the blood of your, and the blood of your witness, Stephen, and, and, when the blood of your, and when the blood of your witness, Stephen, was being shed, I stood by giving approval and guarding the clothes of those who had killed him. And he said to me, Go. Because I will send you far away to the Gentiles. Now, I didn't, I didn't explain to y'all about Paul, a little bit more about Paul. Paul was a Pharisee of Pharisees, educated in the law. Paul's positionality, he knew, he knew the law and he knew it well. He was up there in rank. That's why he was able to stand around when people were doing the killing. Ain't nobody standing when people doing the work. He supervised them. He supervised while they, while they did all the dirt. Just give y'all a little understanding of what Paul. And because of Paul, when God told Paul to go there for and he answered the call, we got the Bible that we got today. The whole, but three-quarters of the New Testament, three-quarters of the New Testament is here because of Paul. Did that make sense? All right, all right, all right. I told y'all we're going to go on the journey. I told you we're going to go on the journey. I could have stayed there, but I want to move on a little bit more. And this one right here, I, tore, I, I, I tossed and turned with for a while. I even wanted to take this out of the sermon, y'all. I'm just going to be honest with you. I even wanted to take it out. I said, Lord, look, I ain't got number 20, 30 minutes. They're going to be putting me on the clock. But Lord said, look here, you must need to go through Samaritan. Oh, how am I tie all that together? Young man, you must need to go through Samaritan. So if y'all will, we're going to turn to chapter, John chapter 4. John chapter 4. We're going through Samaritan. Y'all off of quiet. Man, let's just take a moment. Let's take a minute. Let's lighten up a little bit. Hold on. Take a moment. Y'all ready? Yes. Touch your neighbor. I said touch it, don't hit them. <laughs> touch your neighbor and say, this is some good food. We feasting on some good stuff. Now, I hope I didn't make everybody in here lie. <laughs> that it is good to you. So, all right, all right, let's get to the word. Now, in chapter, in chapter 4, I'm gonna, we're going to go to John chapter 4, and the verse we're going to pick up on is 27. 
But I'm going to try to, y'all bear with me as I try to paraphrase everything in between. All right? Now, what we find here, it said that Jesus had, and his disciple had need to go through Samaritan. That's in verse, uh, verse 4. He said that he had need to go through, through Samaritan. Why did he say that? Because Jesus was trying to go to Galilee. Now, this trip to Galilee should have took, let's just say, eight hours, four hours. And, uh, eight, let's say the trip should have took eight hours. Well, it doubled the time for, uh, uh, for, for them because most people didn't go through Samaritan. Let me try to clean this up a little bit. The Jews and the Samaritans didn't get along to the point that the Jews didn't even want to go through their hometown. I sat on that a little bit this morning. I guess I'll go here. I sit on that a little bit this morning. And it's no different than it was today. When I arrived here to Dallas, I was 20 years old. In the state that I live in, Mississippi, there was a railroad track that divided the white from the black. And that's how I grew up. I did not live amongst my brothers and sisters until I was 20 years old until I moved here to the state of Texas. So it's no different. So it's no different now. Well, it's a lot different now, but than it was in Samaritan. Are y'all understand what I'm saying? Well, the Jews didn't even want to go through that. They didn't even want to go through that at all because they was a mixed breed. All right, all right, move on. I hear your Holy Spirit. I'm moving on. Now, let's paint that picture. Now, it said this journey, Jesus said, I had need to go through that. So Jesus wanted to take the disciples to go through that. And that shortened, that, that was shortened their time, right? Did that make sense? Y'all with me so far? Now, as they took this journey, Jesus, of course, he got tired because of this journey. And he rested at this well. Now, while he was resting at this well, the disciples then went back into town. And here come up this Samaritan woman. And they say it was about noonday. And if some of y'all haven't heard the story, people don't go draw water in the desert at the well at 12 o'clock in the evening. It's pretty hot outside. Would y'all agree? Now, this woman, from my understanding, what I took from that, she came at that time because of the shame. Not only was she a Samaritan lady, but she was ashamed to be around her own people. That's why she came at a time where nobody else would be there. And why she was ashamed her and my Lord and Savior end up having a conversation. And I'm going to tell you why she was ashamed. Jesus tell her, tell her in verse 16, he said, go call your husband. She looked at Jesus and said, I have no husband. Jesus said, look here, you said right. You have, y'all only have had five husbands. But the one you're living with, he's not your husband. Jesus called out her sin. What the next thing that the woman did, the woman said, I assume that you're a prophet. She said, we, we Samaritans, we worship in this mountain. She began to tell them where they have church at. But you, you Jews, y'all worship in Jerusalem. 
Jesus began to tell us, the hour is coming and now it's here, that you no longer will worship our Father in the mountain, nor will you worship him in Jerusalem, right? So he hitting them where is it, right? The next thing she say, now, this let me know, this woman knows scripture. She knows the law. This is not just your average type of woman. She's sitting at home all day in her shame, but she do know scripture. Read what I know, because this is her next statement. She said, I know that the Messiah is coming. The one that is called Christ that will teach us all things. What Jesus do next? She said, he said, I am he. The one that you're speaking with. And then from that point, it say that it, we see that the woman went quiet. And remember I told you that the disciples went and got them something to eat? Now they're back on the scene. All right, y'all, let's eat. Verse 27. Just then his disciples arrived. And they was amazed they was amazed that he was talking with, with a woman, yet no one said nothing. What do you want, or why are you talking with her? Look, this is what happened, y'all. Verse 28. It said, the woman left her water jar and went into town and told the people, come, see a man who told me everything I had ever did. Could this be the Messiah? Now, I said, Lord, what, what, what do you want me to see out of this? This woman left her water jar, went back into town to the very same people that she was ashamed of. And her word was what? Come. See a man that told me everything about myself. I'm telling you today. Come. See a man that take a man like myself, pick him up and turn him around. Come. See a Mississippi thug change and made right before God. Come. See a man that live with nothing but his community and the other community on the other side and able to stand here before you with a church that is going to look like heaven. Come. She ran back and told him, come see a man that told me everything about myself. She was no longer ashamed. Are y'all understanding? Let's go, let's go, let's get this. This is some good food, man. I got to get to it. It says, let me get back, get back, get back. This is what they did. She told them to come. Could this be the Messiah? This is what they did, the people, the Samaritans. They left the town and made it their way to him. The Samaritans left where they was at and made it their way to our Lord and Savior. Now, if you flip the page, I know I can keep going, but I'm fresh for time, y'all. I want to show you the results of her going, therefore. We're going to pick up at verse 39. Now, many Samaritans from that town believe in him because of what the woman said. When he testified, when, when she, what the woman said when she testified, he told me everything I had ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there two more days. Many more believed because of what he said. And Jesus was teaching them. 
Remember, he said, teach them to deserve everything I have taught you, right? So he's teaching them, right? And this is what they say. And they tell the woman, we no longer believe because of what you said. Since we have heard for ourselves and now, and, and, now and, and, and know that this really is the Savior of the world. What we find here, y'all, now they know, they know, they're getting to know our Lord and Jesus Christ for themselves. All right? Let me tell you what, reason why I ran through this so quick. Let me tell you what you just done found out. The disciples, when Jesus came to the disciples in Galilee, when he met them in Galilee, what was he letting them know? He was letting them know it was game time. When he came to Ananias in a vision and told him to go to Paul, what was he letting Ananias know? Let's try this over. When he came to Ananias in a vision and told him to go to Paul, what was he letting Ananias know? All right, there we go. Y'all waking up a little bit. When he came to Paul on the road to Damascus, when he struck him down on the road to Damascus, what was he letting Paul know? All right, y'all with me a little bit. Y'all with me. It's early morning. Let's see this one right here. He said, when he, and when he came to that Samaritan woman, at that well, what was he letting her know? So it's simple, y'all. I didn't come here today to discourage you. I didn't come here today to, to beat you across the head with the word of God. But what I did come here today was to inform you and to serve you notice that what? All right. And I close in today. And I close in today. I would like for you, our closing day, our takeaway. I don't know if they put that. There we go. This is our takeaway, y'all. All authority has been given unto me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have taught you, I have commanded you, and remember on which you are always. Go, therefore, and make disciples. What we need to understand, disciples are made, not born. Go make disciples of all nations. That means no matter what color you are, what gender you are, what politician that you believe in. It said, go make disciples of all nations. All right? Go, therefore, and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Do y'all know what that means? If I can share with y'all just one more, I got a little bit more time. I'm going to share with y'all something. How many of y'all ever heard of Club 5th and 6th? That's a group, that's a Bible study that Miss Sheila have every Every, every year, she have a disciple group. She disciple, what is it called? Club 56 Disciple Group. She do every semester, every, every summer. Well, this one semester, she asked me to teach with her. And we got on the, and, and what Ms. Sheila, Sheila does in there, I want y'all to know this, just in case you want to take your kids there, she holds the kids accountable for the lessons. 
I'm serious. She's serious about this. And not only does she hold the kids accountable, accountable, she holds the parents accountable. So if your kids haven't did the study, she's going to give you a call. She's serious about this lesson. And if you think you're going to go in there and teach, help her teach, and you don't know this word, she holds the teachers accountable. So let me tell you, when we was in there giving that word, when we was in there feasting on the word of God with Miss Sheila, and we got to this point about baptism, whoo, I had a, I had a moment, y'all. Because when I got baptized, I got baptized when I was a young man. And when I say young, young man, I was going to a Pentecostal church. And the only reason I was going to that church because they had the best looking young ladies. And I was trying to get me a cup of them. Now, I'm going to tell you this. I think they knew that too. Because every time I went into the church house, they were dunking me in that water. I got baptized more time than a little bit. On a serious note, I learned that in that class was with Miss Sheila, I learned I didn't do it right. Now, I don't accept that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, but I, I didn't get baptized during that time right. See, what baptism is, it's an outward expression of what took in place, on, what had just taken place on the inside. All right? I didn't understand that being baptized in the name of the Father means that I'm being baptized by my creator, the man that made me, the man that knew everything about me. He knew every hair that was on my head. I didn't know that being baptized in the name of the Son means that my Lord and Savior is sitting on the right hand of God making intercession for me. He knows because he's my creator that I'm going to mess up sometimes. He know these things. So he's sitting on the right hand of God making intercession for him, for me. I didn't know that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit that was living th within me was going to teach me everything I need to know, that it was going to be with me every step of the way of my life, to guide and teach me. When I need direction, I can lean and depend upon the Holy Spirit that lived within me. Within me. I didn't know these things. These are what your kids are getting taught. Club 56. So I said, Miss Sheila, I need to get baptized again. She said, all right, we can make that happen. <laughs> and I want to tell y'all this. Every week, every week, it's full. Every week. And it's heated. So it, it, it's cold outside. It's heated. But every week is full with the anticipation that somebody wants to be baptized. All right? And then it said, go therefore and, 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 and teach them everything that I had commanded you to do. Teaching them the word of God. So, they, they, so, they, they may, they, so that they may make disciples or other disciples. And last but not least, know that God is with you. Are y'all understand what I'm saying? It's simple. Know that God is with you. To the end of age. He's with you when you're fearful. He's with you when you're ashamed. He's with you when you're lonely. He's with you when you don't know nothing else or what to do. God is always with you. All right? Now, as the praise and worship team come. Oh, they here? Oh, right, already. 
as the praise and worship team come, I want y'all to, like I said, I want y'all to be encouraged today. It may be someone here that is, uh, that can, that is like the disciples. You ran and then ran and hide. You hide, you hide. Mom let you know to go there for. It may be someone here today that's like Ananias. You understand the word of God. You know the word of God. You come to church every Sunday and you got good reputation in your community. But God want to stretch your faith. He want to move you to that next point of your life. It may be someone here like Paul and you was raised up a certain way of thinking. And it's okay. That's how you're raised and that's your positionality. But once Paul was converted, once he was converted, a change took place. It's okay. Like I told you, I, I was in my 20s and never stayed beside a, a white person or Caucasian or any other kind of race. It's okay. That's what I'm letting you know right now. Once you give your life to Christ, a change going to take place. through Samaritan and you saw the Samaritan woman you may be like that lady right there you may not have had five husbands and the one you're living with is not yours but there's that sin that you're ashamed of that's keeping you that's keeping you while going forth in God His grace is sufficient for you. I'm not going to tell you that Al got it right. I do it every day. I have issues every day, sin every day. But what I'm telling you, a change has taken place and I'm moving forward in God. If I die today, I know that I'm meeting my Savior. If I die today, don't mourn for me. Because I'm having a funky good time with my Lord and Savior. And I want you to say the same. Don't worry about cleaning yourself up. Don't worry about that. That's too big a job for you. But let the Lord clean you up right where you are. His grace is sufficient enough for you. And then you may be able to run and tell somebody else, Come. See a man that met me right where I was at. Now, there may be somebody here that don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. 
can take care of that business right now. Matter of fact, I love to do it. I'll run to you because I desire that you meet me in the sky with my Lord and Savior. And we're going to be having a funky good time. It may be somebody here today that wants to be baptized. Water's ready. Every Sunday. It's right now. If you be quiet, he cut that music off. We may hear it swish. It's ready every Sunday. It's ready for you right now. We could take care of that business too. You just may need prayer. Come. We'll pray about it. As our prayer, t- prayer partners come. And then I tell you what, if we got any, I'm a little different, y'all. If we got any deacons here that's in the audience, come on up, help me out. We got any elders here that's in the audience, come on up and help us out. And these my fellow soldiers. I stay right here. These my fellow soldiers. And these men stay ready so they ain't got to get ready. Understand me. I'm happy to be here at Crossroads. Reason why I say that, because these men right here, because of y'all, we are, the, we are a generation that's going to change the world. We are a generation that's going to turn little Am upside down. Are y'all with me today? Now, next step. All right. Come on, Pastor Martin. 